0: You are now entering Frida's World. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. What's it's Frida's World. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's it. It's Frida's World. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So as you can tell, my voice is a little on the deep side. Um, allergy season is officially kicked off for Rita Pierre. The other day, I guess it was Monday, I woke up with my sinuses, you know, congested. My throat was percolating with soreness. And I was just literally a hot mess. And so I had to run to the pharmacy and get all drugged up on Allegra, Mucinex. Thank, you know, shout out to my girls in the Bonita bubble, so Dr. Sophia, who, you know, gave me the perfect combination so that I could actually get through the day. But as much as I was an advocate for spring to be here and for the warm weather to get here, I am not an advocate for whatever this pollen count is in these streets. I didn't grow up with... Um, allergies but I developed them as an adult and it's interesting because the more and more I talk about my adult uh, allergies a lot I find that a lot of people are going through the same thing they never had allergies growing up but for some reason as an adult they are adopting or are developing rather allergies and so I was not a happy camper um, the last two days. And so this morning I'm recording this show. I'm hearing the depths in my voice, but I'm like, you know what? (laughs) You guys have to take me how I am. So if I am if I am sounding a little a little on the deep end today, please, you know, it's not my fault. It's mother nature. It's the allergies. And so hopefully, you know, my voice won't be so much of a turn off for today's show. Um, real quick though I'm not sure if this is 100% true but a couple of people have told me for those of you who are also you know suffering from allergies that locally grown honey apparently does wonders for people who suffer from allergies so I haven't tried it yet on myself but I do plan on going to the local farmers market sometime this week and getting some locally grown honey and putting it to the test because I can't live this life for the I can't, I can't do the allergy life. It is not, it is not, I don't know. It's just not, it's not a thing for me. I can't do it. But either way, that was, I guess my, my morning rant, um, an explanation for the tone of my voice. But I just want to thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Frida's World. I really, really love Um, The feedback that I get from you guys, I love hearing that you guys are tuning into the show. Uh, I really appreciate the love and support. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And please continue to give it to me. (laughs) So just a reminder that Frida's World podcast is available on most of the major platforms. So the Google Plays, um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Tune in, stitch your radio. We are on these platforms. So please, 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 everyone, take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, review the show. It is through your ratings that I will be able to rise through the ranks. So if you like what you hear, don't keep it to yourself, share it with your friends, and let the world know. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about an interesting topic that I feel like is appropriate within this recent climate of abortion, anti-abortion laws. Um, But I'm not going to talk about, you know, whether or not people need to be pro-choice, pro-life. This is not a talk on abortion. This is a talk on... I feel like the overall attack on women in general by families, by friends, by strangers, especially as professional women of color. We have so many things going on with our lives. We are pulled in so many different directions. Our focus has to be, you know, a lot of times on our career, um, our current family. Um, For those of us, you know, like I'm a single mom, so my focus has to be on my child. And so, you know, a lot of times I feel like society sees us, especially professional women of color. They see that we have the degrees. They see that we are working great jobs, stable jobs. And they look around and they're like, well, where's the man, though? And okay, you have a child, but, you know, where's the second child? Where's the third child? And so... I find that society as a whole has this whole like mission to get all of us professional women boot up and pregnant. And sometimes that's not what we actually want as individual women. We have other goals for ourselves. We have other plans. And I feel like our our rights are not being respected. Our choice um, is not being respected. Our opinions don't matter. And it's starting to get to a point where it's, it's, it's starting to, I guess, affect... Uh, at least for me i feel like it's starting to affect me but in talking with other women i feel like it is having an impact on our psyche on the way that we move we are second guessing ourselves and our and our motives and our you know our the trajectory that's been you know set out for us and so i wanted to talk about that today on this show but before I get into the topic. I did want to share my highlight of the week. For those of you who are, you know, now tuning into the show, um, every week I will be sharing a highlight of the week. It's something I picked up from this amazing organization called the Brooklyn Combine. I know I, sh- I try to shout them out every week because they are truly amazing. And it's something that I've learned, you know, from them. It's a program I bring to, I bring my son to, You know, I try to bring my son every week um, to this mentorship program. They do a bunch of other things, but the mentorship program is how I came to know them. And every week when we get there, we talk about a highlight of the week and we share a highlight of the week. So I want to do that with this show. Um, And so this week, my highlight of the week was actually hearing from one of you all, one of my Frida listeners um, that, you know, expressed to me and shared with me how much the, the show has actually helped her make, you know, an important life decision. And so obviously I won't go into what that decision is and what, what that, um, what that process is, but it really felt good for me to hear that I'm having some sort of impact on people. And so, you know, when I started this podcast, It was to promote the Free to Women NYC business. It was also another way to just kind of create an outlet for women of color to be candid, to be open, and to be honest about the things that we go through, particularly at work. Um, But as time has gone on, on, it's been like about, what, a year and a half now almost? Almost a year and a half since this podcast. Well, I think actually, no, a little more than a year and a half since this podcast has been, you know, kicking. Um... I'm realizing for me, you know, the value in the podcast is the fact that I can have some sort of impact on even if it's just one person's life. You know, I'm not making any money yet on this um, podcast, but Jesus, if you're hearing me, if you're listening to this show, please rain down some blessings, rain down some coins. Allah, if you're listening to me, bring down some some rain, please, you know, but... um I say all that just to say I'm not making any money off of it, but if I never make any money off of it, um, I I actually feel like I'd be okay because listening to people say, hey, I heard your show and I was actually contemplating this particular um, you know, issue or or I was I was actually thinking about this particular strategy or I too was thinking about moving into the private sector. And I heard how you and your guests were talking about, you know, the different things that you can do, some of the fears that people experience, you know, when thinking about jumping ship to a different industry, you know, when people come up to me and say, listen, you know, you've talked about therapy several times on your show. And I feel like this is a sign that I should go to therapy. Like things like that, like that stuff really matters to me because I feel like I'm going through life. I'm trying to navigate life as a professional woman of color who's also a single mom and who's also, you know, just trying to really figure out how to make it not just for me, but for the community. Um, It's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of things that affect us and we don't really... Talk about it. I'm not going to say that we, there aren't platforms to discuss these things. Because I do believe that there are there are platforms. You know, there are several other podcasts out there. There are so many women empowerment groups out there. There are platforms. I think it's just finding the one that, bet, that best suits you and your personality. And so for me, I find that the Frida's World podcast platform... Is a is my platform. Um, although I'm the one, you know, conducting the shows, I'm learning from the stuff that I'm presenting, and I'm learning from the feedback that I get from you guys. And so, like I said, it's just it's it's one of those things where I feel so blessed when people say I I listen to your podcast and I and I got something from it. And so to thank you for, you know, thank you for that recent um feedback the guest or not the guest but I'm so tired guys. You know, I'm 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 drugged up at this time on allergy medication. <laughs> but thank you so much for the listener. You know exactly who you are. I don't have to go out and shout your name out, but you know who you are. Thank you so much for even reaching out because sometimes people they get they get jewels, they get, you know, or they take from the podcast and they get what they need, but they don't really share. And so not to say that they're doing it on purpose, but, you know, I I don't know every time that somebody gets, you know, a jewel or somebody, you know, puts into practice something that I talked about on the show. I don't always know that that's happening. And so I really do appreciate when you all share with me that you did learn something or you did you know, implement something from the podcast. So definitely thank you all. And I look forward to more DMs, more text messages, more emails about how Frida's world is impacting you, how it's kind of changed things around for you. And also if you think that there are certain topics that I that you know you would love for me to talk about. Definitely send me an email at, you know, at Frida's World, F-R-E-E-D-A-S World at gmail.com or slide up in my DM on Instagram, Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. So definitely send me a message and let me know. I've already received uh, several topics and I'm just waiting to find, you know, the right time, the right guests to talk about them. So those of you who have submitted, um... I'm so slow today in my speech. Those of you who have submitted, um, you know, suggestions. Trust me, I have them. I did not ignore them. I'm just trying to figure out when is it best to talk about it, and also who my co co guest would be. Um, co guest, <laughs> who my who my uh, my co host would be for that particular topic. So, um, as I said. Today I'm going to be talking about, I just feel like just the overall disrespect that women go through. Um, And I don't, you know, disrespect really on the part of strangers, family members and friends. I find that sometimes they do mean well. It's just that sometimes their meaning well can just cause you much more stress and anxiety. So yesterday I was on the train, you know, I live in New York City. I'm a commuter. I'm a train person, MTA all the way and I was on the train coming home from work. So this is, you know, rush hour in New York City. Trains are packed. But thank you, Jesus, I was able to find a seat. The Lord knows that these last couple of days I've just been feeling blah. So I was able to get a seat. So I was sitting down and where, you know, we get into Brooklyn and there is a a beautiful young woman who gets on the train with her daughter. The daughter is between the ages of two and three. She's no more than three years old. Cute, adorable. And so this African-American man sees um, this woman come in. And so he automatically gets up and gives her a seat. Now the woman let you know lets her child sit in the seat instead. So she's standing in front of him. And so, you know, from the beginning, he was, I don't know if he was just trying to shoot his shot. I really don't know what, what was going on there. But from the beginning, he was, you know, trying to have conversation with her like, oh, you should sit down and put her on your lap. And, you know, I was trying not to be in the business so much but it was like literally right in front of me I was trying to focus on my Netflix show that I've started watching by the way dead um, dead to me it's binge worthy it's only one season but it's amazing it, it stars Christina Applegate really good movie definite well not movie but really good show check it out on Netflix but either way So he's trying to have this conversation with her and you could tell that she's just trying to get to point A and point B with her child. She's not trying to engage in, you know, New York City transit banter, but you could tell that she was a very, very nice and polite person. So she was doing the little giggle, the little, okay, thank you. And, you know, hoping that he would stop, but he did not stop. The next thing that came out of this man's mouth was, do you have more kids? And she looks at him like, you know, okay, well, let me, let me, you could tell she's like, let me just, you know, go on with this. No, I don't have more kids. I just have, you know, my daughter. And he goes, oh, okay. And she's like, well, how many kids do you have? He goes, I have five. And so he goes to her, you should have more kids. Like you should try for the boy. And at this point, it's clear now that the woman is a little like either embarrassed or annoyed to be having this type of conversation on the train with a stranger who she does not know. But she maintains her polite, you know, composure and she does that giggle, like, okay, all right, this conversation's over. And then she starts looking at her phone. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, You're such a beautiful woman. You should have more kids. And at this point, I'm just looking at this guy like, Are we really having this conversation with a stranger? on the train where it's a packed train. There are several ears listening to this conversation. There are several eyes focused on this conversation. I was just like, you have to be kidding me right now. And so, you know, I sat there at that moment, just thinking, I'm like, society really does not, I don't know, I don't know if, I like to say that society for you know, just does not really care about women. They don't care about our, our choice. They don't care about our, our opinions. They don't care about our rights. And I think it's like well-established almost because how is it that this man sees this woman, no idea who she is, and it was clear that these were complete strangers. How, how is it that he feels like he has the right to question her reproductive um, you know choices? that he can sit here on an open train and tell this woman that she needs to have more kids and that because she's beautiful, she needs to have more kids. How did he get so comfortable? Like, what is it? Like, how did this happen? Where? How did we get to a point where strangers were so comfortable making this type of commentary? On women. And, you know, for me, it's just like, It just doesn't make sense. Like, what if this woman, what if this child that I'm looking at is the final, you know, result of this woman, like having several miscarriages and finally she was able to have this one child. And because of the pain and the suffering and everything that she's gone through to get this child, like she's like, I can't put my mind, my body, my loved ones through another pregnancy until I'm going to stay with this child. And I'm gonna love this child, this miracle child. What if that was the case? What if she cannot physically have more children? What if this little girl was adopted because she couldn't have children from the beginning and this is not actually the, the fruit of her ovaries? What if that's the case? You know, it's like, why do people feel like they can invade our privacies in such a manner? And I'm like, my for me, my ovaries and my uterus are not community property. They're not here for, there's no open forum on my body parts and on my decisions to either have children or not have children. And so it's, 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 it was very concerning for me. Just, I mean, I've, I've been the victim of these conversations. I've seen these conversations take place, but it's just to sit there on the train and to see this and to be able to hear and just look at the woman. And I felt her pain and her frustration, like, really, are we doing this right now? And so I feel like as professional women living in this 21st century, you know, we have so many pressures already, right? We have the pressure to be hardworking women. We have the pressure to be respectable women, whatever that actually means nowadays. We have the pressure of rising above. We have to excel. We're expected to excel at our jobs. We're expected to excel at home, We're expected to be excellent at all times. We are not afforded, you know, any breaks. We are not afforded any opportunities to decompress, to be in tune with us. We're not afforded that luxury. What we are told is that we are women, you know, we need to be roaring. We need to be on top of everything at all times. We need to be everything to everyone. You know, we have all of these pressures. And so... This extra pressure of when are you going to have kids, when are you going to get married, when are you going to get in a relationship, it, it it almost breaks you down, I feel. At least for me sometimes, I f- it, it, it causes great anxiety. It causes great stress. Here I am trying to be amazing at my job. I'm trying to, you know, climb up in the ranks. I'm trying to maybe make lateral moves. Um, you know, I'm trying to really be focused on my business. I'm trying to be focused on my child that I already have. I'm trying to be focused on things that I feel will elevate me to the next step so that I can create better pathways for not just my child, but for myself. And yet I'm here being told that, well, That's great and everything, but your focus needs to be on getting a man. Your focus needs to be on having another child. And for me, I think it's so unfair and it causes so much stress and distress in women of color, professional women of color at that. I feel like society has no idea the magnitude, um, you know, of these comments and, and, and these things, you know, on women of color. And so, you know, it's, It's already hard and exhausting to live up to everybody's standards. And it's just society is just so relentless when it comes to what I guess they expect um, a professional woman's life to look like. You know... It's, it's, you know, we're in graduation season right now. So I know a lot of my friends have, have graduated recently with a master's, with the PhD. So shout out to all my girls out there who graduated uh, and who are going to graduate within the next week or two, um, you know, with their degrees. You know, it's, it's definitely a beautiful thing to see women of color striving for excellence. But I know for a fact, and I've already heard it from some of my friends, that once they cross the stage, They were already bombarded with the questions or the statements like, now that you have your degree, we can start looking for that husband. We can start working on building that family. And it's like, whoa, can I get into my career yet? Can I can I move forward with my business plan? Like, what is all this pressure? And so. Many of you guys know, I already said it already on this show, but I I have a son. He's 12 years old. I've essentially been a single woman for the last 10 and a half years. Single meaning I have not actually um, knighted anybody as as my boyfriend. You know, I've dated, you know, over the years here and there, but I've never had like, I have not had like a real serious relationship that I would, you know, where I would actually introduce people and say, hey, this is my man. That has not happened. You know, yet, we'll see. We'll see what life, where life takes us. But, you know, I graduated law school. I acquired another master's degree. I've been working a stable job. You know, it's like for me, I feel like I feel like I've arrived. I feel like I've accomplished many great things. I feel like it was very difficult for me to go to law school with a baby. And Make it out. I feel like that's an accomplishment in and of itself being able to get a real legal job as a lawyer I feel like that was a great accomplishment, especially during the time when I got the job Many of my colleagues were still unable to find work You know, I feel like I've made a lot of accomplishments or had a lot of accomplishments in my life But yet for some reason it's not enough Because I am single And you would think that because I have a child already, that that would have satisfied, you know, the people out there. But it doesn't satisfy them because I don't have a second child and I don't have a girl. And this is what I'm getting in 2019. Where is the husband? Where is the girl from and it's from people that I don't even really talk to like that. I go to church. I don't even know your name, sir. And it's usually a man. Like, why is it a man? Why is it always an old man that's telling me that I need to have the girl? It just doesn't make sense to me. But I feel like, again, like. It makes you as a woman it makes you like second guess yourself sometimes. Like you have a plan, you have a trajectory. You know like okay, I this year I'm focusing on building wealth. I'm focusing on paying down debt. I'm focusing on Purchasing a property. I want to get a better credit score. Like, you you know, I I want to, um, you know, get into a different industry. Or I want to move up in my company and so I I need to be able to to show that I am able to do X, Y, and Z. Like, we have all of these real goals and these real plans. And it's like none of it actually matters until you have what society considers the full packages, the man, and the extra children. Because apparently one child's not enough. And... I feel like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I use the word disrespectful, but again, when it comes to friends and family, you know, I get it sometimes, you know, they want to see us happy. They, and they think that happiness equals man and and children. They want to see us happy. They want to, you know, they want to feel like we're being taken care of. And so I get it from the parts of friends and family, but at some point though, enough has to be enough. And I feel like women of color we go through this i don't know if there's any data out there but i feel like we go through this more than our count, our counterparts and i feel like it affects us more and it stresses us out more than our counterparts because again we are already doing too much in life to prove to ourselves and the world that we are women hear us roar and we are women of color we are professional we can you know we can we can do all things and then we're dealing with the personal side of things. Because we, you know, we go to work, we're there 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever hours. Our personal lives spill into the workplace. I say that all the time. And so these feelings of inadequacy that we get from friends and family and, and, and strangers on the street about not being in relationships and not having children, this stuff goes into the workplace. You know, I can tell you that there was one day, like there was, a, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. There was one day where I actually felt like I was shutting down almost at my desk because I had recently had at least three or four of these conversations with individuals who feel like I need to be in a relationship. And I get it because these individuals, this is not just respect coming from them, they see how hard I work and they see what, what I've been dealing with, you know, being a single mom, trying to get things together, you know, they see like that I'm tired and they believe that, you know you can have a partner to help you with the load like it's it's not cuz for me i find that getting in a relationship right now is going to derail me from my my goals and my dreams and my aspirations right now in 2019 like i have set goals that i'm trying to meet and i do not have the bandwidth to be dealing and investigating and you know <laughs> a man you know what I mean? Like, I don't have time to be to, to be auditioning people. Like, I don't have time for that right now. Because let's be real, that's kind of what it is in this day and age. You're really like, it's like you're auditioning people. And I don't have time to hold aud- auditions and to review applications. And so, you know, that that's me. But, you know, these last couple of weeks, I feel like even my therapist, like everybody is on this... You you know, you should really be open to dating and be open to having, you know, a significant other and possibly having more kids because I'm 35 years old and you know what happens to your eggs. They start to, you know, wilt apparently. And, you know, I actually had a day where I was just like, am I being unreasonable with myself? Am I depriving myself from, you know, meeting somebody who could potentially be a partner for me and maybe some of this load off Like Am I doing this am I, Should I have more children I really don't want To have more children But do I need to have more children Like All of these things Are You know Start to hit you At once And you're wondering Like Oh my gosh Like Is everybody else right? And it does have a, it does take a mental toll on you. It does affect you mentally because I mean, in a a perfect world, yes, I would love to meet somebody who would be a partner and be that, you know, that yin to my yang and all this other stuff. And it would be great. But I live in the world of reality where that's not just something like I can't go to a store and pick that person off of a shelf, you know? There's trial and error that happens, and I've gone through trial and error. And at this point, my focus is my work. My focus is my son. My focus is, you know, getting to that next level and meeting these goals that I've set for myself, these goals that I've put in my prayer journal, you know, that I'm just like, this is what I want, keeping my eye on the prize. And the prize right now is not a man, and it's, not, it's certainly not other children, And I feel like these pressures are real and so many of us are going through these pressures and some of us handle these things, you know, great. Like I think I handle it great for the most part, but again, I'm only only human. There are going to be days where I'm going to break, but for the most part, I feel like I handle it well, but there are other women out there. This is eating them inside and it's visible and it's affecting their work. It's affecting how they're producing. It's affecting how they are interacting. Like, it really, it's depressing. And, you know, we are in the month of May. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I feel like society just doesn't understand how much of an impact, you know, they have on women when they ask these questions of, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have children? You know, we don't know the backgrounds of women who don't have children and who don't have, you know, husbands, unless you are in their inner circle. I can't look at a woman on the street and be like, Oh, I can see why she doesn't have kids. I can see why she's not married. We don't know these things. We don't know the, the pain, the suffering. We don't know what they've went through to cause them to be at a place where when we find them, we find them childless or husbandless. Or wifeless, this is like, you know, I apologize, we're in a different era now. So, you know, wifeless, partnerless. Um, We don't know. And so to automatically just start, you know, engaging in conversations where we're asking these intrusive questions um, of women We need to stop doing that. We need to stop asking women. And I remember seeing a meme about this the other day. We need to stop asking women when they are having more children, when they are having children, period, or when they are getting married. We don't, unless you're in the inner circle and you have the license, and even then you have to be careful because- you could be in the inner circle and you still don't know everything, but I feel like you're in a better position maybe to ask these types of questions. Like when my family asks me, I don't, I'm not, I don't get offended. So for the family and friends that are listening, I'm not offended. And I don't think it's disrespectful when you're asking me because you guys know what the deal is. It's really more so though. Like if I do say, if I do make it clear, you know, let's, let's listen to Rita. If I say I don't, you know, want to, if I give a good reason, sometimes I know I I can just be like, yeah, I don't want to and I don't give a reason. But if I've made it clear that this is what I want, you know, maybe don't push me. Maybe don't push me. Maybe just be like, okay, read, I'll pray for you. Or, okay, I'll check in in another couple of months. Maybe things might change. Um, Maybe, you know, but it's for the people who like, you have no idea who I am. I understand people want to make small talk. This is not small talk. Asking people about their marital status or their relationship status and their status of what's going on in their uterus and ovaries, that's not small talk. That's heavy talk. And if you don't know people on an intimate level, we should not be engaging in heavy talk because those heavy talks can cause that individual to go into a serious state of depression. It can cause them great anxiety great distress. And that spills into the work that spills into how they interact with other people that spills into their home. It's just not a good look. And I feel like we as a whole need to start respecting women more, respecting the choices more. If I say I don't want children, I don't want to have a a public community forum on Rita's decision not to have any more children, because you don't know. To be quite transparent, my pregnancy with my son was horrific. He was born six months early, not six months early, three months early. He was born at six months. Horrific, horrific time. I still feel the needle in my back when I think about my pregnancy. It was not one to be repeated. Does that mean that I will definitely not have children in the future? No, I might get over it. Who knows? But that is a big reason why I am not so quick to be, you know, getting impregnated in these streets. Um, And that can be the situation for many other women, women who've went through miscarriages, many like, sometimes you just don't know the stories. And so I feel like we have to be more mindful as a society. We have to be more respectful. And especially men. I am tired of men asking these questions, which goes on to the whole abortion piece that I won't stay on. But, you know, for those of you who have been listening and have been paying attention to the news outlet, these, these states are going crazy with these anti-abortion laws. And it's funny, I did see something that... Um, said that um it looks like each state is in competition to make the most unconstitutional law. And it feels like that, especially with Alabama's recent um, you know law that was recently signed in by a woman to it's like the most it's the strictest as of right now, it's the strictest um, anti-abortion law that the country has seen to the point where it makes, you know, it makes it impossible for a woman to have an abortion in the case of rape and incest. And these are men, men who are making these decisions on our bodies, men who will never know what it feels like to be pregnant, what it feels like to go through through childbirth. Like, it's so ridiculous to me that men are the ones that are making this decision and then we have women quarterbacking it. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. How 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 are we here in 2019? I could understand maybe in the 60s, the 70s, but how in 2019 are we here? And it just get, it just with with everything going on with these anti-abortion laws, it just it's just another reminder um, to me and to a lot of women that we are, we are not respected in this society. We are not seen. our opinions are not, are not, um, valued. Our, our sense, our, our right to choose is not valued. We are not valued when you have men and women, I guess some women, um, telling us that we don't have the right to know what's like, we don't have the right to choose. We don't know what's best for ourselves and our our bodies. When you have people who feel like it's okay to start a conversation about what's going on in our reproductive areas on a public platform, on a train, in the streets, it just goes to show that society just really just doesn't respect us as women. They don't respect our our plight. They don't respect our emotions. They don't respect our story. They don't respect our journey. They don't respect our fight. They don't respect our struggle. They don't respect anything. And it's really, really sad. And I would hope that as you know, we're moving further and further into this 21st century. That women, you know, as much progress as we've made, when I, when I see laws like this being made, when I hear conversations like that being had on the train, I'm just like, how far have we really gotten? Then, how far? And you know, it's for me, it's particularly serious for the women of color, the professional women of color, because we have so much going on with ourselves. Dealing with these external issues of, you know, child, child, you know, children, marriage, love, and all this other stuff, it's just extra pressure. And, you know, the bow can only take so much before it breaks. And I, you know, being somebody who tries to be as, you know, vocal as possible when it comes to mental health because I know how I am, you know. I can go, go, go. But then when the breaking happens, it breaks and I can't prevent it and I can't or not prevent it, but I can't help it when it happens. Um, I feel it's important to have these conversations. It's important to to talk about these things and to, you know, advertise and advocate for therapy, Um, because sometimes we don't know how to deal with. With, with all of this. We don't know how to deal with the family members and the friends and, and, and the random strangers who are, you know, at making these inquiries um, on us. And some like I said, for some of us, we can brush it off our shoulders and move on. But even the strongest have a weak point. And it's important for us to really be able to talk these things out. And I think it's really important also for us to just stay focused it's important to try and stay focused as hard as it can be at times. You know, as a final note, you know, what I would suggest, what I would advertise, what I would suggest, what I would... What I would say to women who are going through this, who are dealing with this right now, especially, um, something about the summertime too. I don't know if it's because people think that that's when everybody's meeting individuals in the streets. Something about the summer, graduation season. It's like these conversations get like rehashed. But what I would say is, you know, do you. Do what's best for you and not what's best for everyone else. And this is something that is hard. Trust me, I struggle with this on a daily basis trying to be there for everybody else and forgetting about myself. But we have to do what's best for us. We have to, you know, we, we have to do what's best for us. We know what's best for us. And we have to do, if it means cutting people off, if it means, you know, removing yourself from, from toxic situations, removing ourselves from these conversations, if it means letting people know, listen, if you don't stop asking me about when I'm having children or when I'm getting married, you will be cut off. You will be put on block. Like maybe we need to actually say things like that as opposed to the little chuckle that we do. Sometimes we play it off like, oh, you know, ha, ha, ha. And then we're so, we're fuming, but we don't want to let people know we're fuming. So we hold it inside and we brush it off. But sometimes you have to let people know if you say one more word, you will not see me you will not hear from me. Sometimes we need to be a little more aggressive with it, especially if it's actually hurting us. Like we have to vocalize that because maybe they don't know because we're chuckling and we're, you know, laughing it off. Maybe these people don't know that this is hurting us. Maybe our friends and family don't know that it's hurting us when they're asking us these questions because we've never told them and they just think it's okay because society thinks it's okay. So we have to be transparent. Like some of the onerous is on us. You know, we it can't just be, you know, it's, you know, why can't they? Why can't they? Sometimes we have to educate people. Sometimes we have to be the ones to put people in their place. And so I, you know, I think that that's something that we can do in order to try to gain some sort of respect in these streets, some dignity, something. And for, you know, for those for those of you who, you know, are, are the inquirers... <laughs> Men, other women who just like to know people's business. We have to be more sensitive. Let's try to be a little more sensitive in 2019. You don't need to know everything. You know, everybody is not on display. Everybody's life is not an open book. We don't have to know everything. And that goes for, you know, that goes for me too. Sometimes, you know, you just want to ask questions. It's not small talk. Relationships and kids are not small talk. They're not. And so we need to do a little better with that. We need to be a little more sensitive. Let's start minding our business in 2019. You know, Let's start developing healthy boundaries with people when we meet them. If I just meet you, I don't need to know about what's going on in your household, what's going on with your reproductive uh, you know, system. I don't need to know whether you're married or not. Sometimes, sometimes conversations lend to that, yes. But other times people are just like, oh, I don't know what to say. So let me just ask these questions. No. You know, let's let's try to create these healthy boundaries, you know. And so with that being said, you know, hopefully this was informative and educational and, you know, inspiring to some of you guys out there. I hope you guys have a beautiful Memorial Weekend. you know, NYC has been treating me good for the last couple of days with the weather, although... You know the pollen count has uh, increased, and I'm I'm you know sl- slowly dying a uh, dying a slow death with these allergies. At least I'm dying the slow death in the warmth. Um, but for those of you out there, enjoy your Memorial Weekend. I really hope it's, I, I hope that you guys take the time to actually soak in the rays, soak in the air, and just be out here and just try to like not, not be stressed. Don't focus on, you know, the craziness. Just take the weekend for yourselves. And to all my Haitians out there and Dominicans, Because I I keep forgetting that the Dominicans also celebrate uh, Mother's Day on the last Sunday of the month of May. So happy Mother's Day, happy Haitians Mother's Day and happy Dominicans Mother's Day to all of my Haitians and Dominicans out there. You guys are valued. You guys are loved. You guys are cherished. You guys are amazing. It is not easy being a mother. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service to your children. And your family. So happy Mother's Day to you. And that's a wrap. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you fing the future. That's clashing. It's Frida's world.